morning. Thank you for joining this morning. Practice of being aware of awareness. Where what we do is notice if there's any concept of doing and gently relax that. Gently kind of fall behind and watch this sense of doing. Just really intend to see whether there's uh, a belief running that effort is required. can be a subtle or not so subtle belief in a doer. You know, doing can only be done by a doer. Effort can only be put out by an efforter. So we just check to see there's a sense of that running, a me, uh, an I thought already in motion, already established. And we're, you know, of course, mind then thinks we're trying to get rid of that. I would suggest we're being willing to allow it, not resist it, not get rid of it. Because getting rid of would be doing, wouldn't it? Getting, getting rid of would be efforting. And what we're much more interested in is watching this identity mechanism that reconstitutes itself. Such that it says, I am meditating. I am doing this right. I am doing this wrong. I am doing. And we let this sense of an I be that which we watch. We, we, we check to see if there's the capacity, the willingness to observe whatever sense of a me is here.
and we can perhaps differentiate between a, a felt sense of aliveness, like a beingness in motion, versus a sense of me that has to get the beingness right or control the beingness or steer the beingness, evaluate it. Maintain it, protect it, defend it, perpetuate it. So there's some sense that you have to perpetuate being. And if so, just intend to let that go. That whatever imagined or perceived efforting, just intend to let it go and see what's still here and maybe what drops away. There's at least two fundamental aspects of our being, of our essence. The one is awareness, right? To what do the sounds arise? By what are they known? There's this innate ongoing capacity for perception. All five senses streaming in, as well as the perception of inner movements, such as thoughts, sensations. And we can confirm that that's so in our direct experience. Something hears these words, feels the body on the surface. Is aware when attention goes of the, of the breath. That breathing's happening. And when we inquire such as these, what's aware of the breath? It's aware of sounds, feelings, 
the position of the hands without looking. We notice that awareness is not only present, awareness is self-aware. This awareness is aware of itself. When attention is brought to the question, is awareness here? Do you answer or does awareness answer with the immediate yes? Where does that answer come from? Trace back the yes to the very simple question, is awareness here? How is it known? By what is it confirmed? Is awareness here now? How's that known? What is it that answers affirmatively every time and instantly? We can notice we don't go to mind, right? None of us went up to thought. We didn't sort through old memories or definitions of awareness. That whole thinking mechanism was simply not operative. If you go directly to the experience. So what is experienced when asked the question, is awareness here now? There's this other way that things are known. that is whole and apart from the thinking mind. And while the thinking mind can have a degree of certainty, even a high degree of certainty about matters, when asked, is awareness here? There isn't a high degree of certainty. 
there's utter certainty, 100% certainty. And this is awareness's innate capacity to know itself on full display. And it usually hides in plain view. And the practice of being aware of awareness simply reveals this, it doesn't create it, it doesn't cultivate it. Simply the practice of directing attention to the only thing that can be known with 100% certainty. It's the only thing in life that can be known with complete certainty in all circumstances under all conditions at all time in all places that's why it's called reality The real. It's not conjured up. It's not produced by attention on another thing. It's not caused. And it's not the effect. It simply is. And it always is. Awareness is. And the capacity to be instantaneously certain that it is, is as well. Everything else will arise and fall, expand and contract, come and go in this hour, in this day, and in this life. the aliveness, the current, which illuminates life is the constant. So what we are, what we all are, eight plus billion, at our core, 
is unaffected reality. Imagining ourselves affected by almost everything. Until we're not. Until attention is brought back to reality. somehow grace dawns something goes wait what i am really sucked into this i am believing all of them something just dawns and we center back into what we know for certain So I'll read a little bit from Inner Ramana. This is from The Importance of Practice. That which may accelerate in time, for me at least, the seeming distance between forgetting and being reminded or remembering what I really want. Let's me check to see where attention is, which then 
Let's me correct that. If I do not want to continue the experience I'm having of having attention on illusion. On the changeful, on that which comes and goes, believing that that's the real, that that's the truth, that somehow that's what I want. Or what I want more of by keeping attention there. Much of what you do comes from the ego. Let me define ego for you since all words can have varying meanings. Ego is the belief in the false identity I. So when I say that much of what you do comes from the ego, I mean that you are driven or moved by that belief in the mind. That is the same as saying you are listening to and believing thoughts or stories in the mind. And this is belief in illusion. We've already agreed that our purpose now is not to believe the mind. This is what I call non-attachment. Non-attachment is not believing the mind. Complete non-attachment is realization. So if much of what you do comes from attachment or believing the mind, achieving non-attachment must come from doing differently. And this is the purpose of surrender. When you ask me for guidance in the moment, you are giving willingness to detach from the ego or belief in false I and realize true capital S self through non-attachment. try to understand awakening while the false concept I is in place can be very frightening because the false eye stretches beyond itself 
to understand what is being taught. It finds it is not there. To the one who defines himself by this false thought, absence of I appears as death. Living without I is the answer to this fear. This is how true perception or guidance becomes a bridge. Living without I is the answer to this fear. This is how true perception or guidance becomes a bridge. And for me, what continues to be a really helpful bridge is the exercise we just did in the last 20 minutes. Where I check to see is awareness here. And I just felt into that, that instant inner confirmation, that degree of certainty which is a utter lack of uncertainty. There's no questioning, there's no debate, there's no why, there's no story. Is awareness here? Boom. Like even before I can say boom. And then you juxtapose that to mind. If you can do this thought experiment, ask your mind if awareness is here.
and I don't know about yours, but mine wants to talk about it. Well, yeah, what kind of? Well, they, I mean, there's just all kinds of words. There's not a yes or a no. There's a commentary. There's chatter. And I know full well what it feels like kind of in the body vibrationally, what it feels like to live from mind. Because that's with everything. There's chatter, there's debate, there's sides, there's right, there's wrong. There's, And then there's teaching myself that there is literally another place within me, within my own direct experience to live from, which is the place it's not really a place, but metaphorically speaking, the place from which the answer comes when asked, is awareness here? And it's like living from the knowing, the capital K knowing versus thinking thinking about what is known. And it, with that framing for me, living without I, when I is identified with the thinking mind is a freaking relief. doesn't feel like death. It feels like listening to life. So being aware of awareness, is being tuned in to the source of knowing that is so clearly not the thinking mind. and just getting very sensitized to the very, very different vibration or feels, felt sense that kind of being, living, listening to heart versus being, feeling and listening to mind.
and getting clear early and often, which I actually want. Which just plain feels better. But if I don't establish a direct sense knowing of what feels empty and open, I, I don't have the same discernment, certainly not as quickly when mind comes in and this automatic doing starts and I kind of catch the uncomfortableness, but I'm often like unclear that I could just do the inner correction of what I'm oriented to. And the good news is we can always do the inner correction to what we're orienting to because awareness is always here. Every experience we've ever had was accompanied by awareness. And awareness itself, what we are, has the innate capacity to be aware of itself. We can't lose it because we didn't make it. We can forget. We can fail to recognize it because attention is riveted on something else. That happens to me all the time. Imagine it happens to most of us. But when I look, and I intend to look, and I remember to look, awareness A is always here. And B, something's aware of that. That's how I know. And there's always peace, some aspect of stillness or steadiness in resting in that recognition of that inner essence, of the presence that is present to whatever the experience of something not peaceful as it unfolds. I'll continue. Uh, some people want to understand awakening before committing themselves fully to it. They want to ensure they can understand that awakening is safe and is not death. But I would ask these ones to ask themselves, who wants to understand awakening? If they make this inquiry, they will discover it is attachment to the false eye that wants to feel safe. In this way, to continue to seek spiritual knowledge or understanding is to remain attached to the false concept eye. It is much better to use your time in the practice of mantra and surrender. 
you will awaken faster through these practices than through asking questions about awakening. The power that makes the universe turn is you. This is not a vain statement. This is merely absolute truth. The world and all that you experience, your universe of objects and relationships and reactions comes from you. It comes from your belief in these experiences and from your thoughts about them. This is why in brief, the world fades from sight as you practice the mantra and surrender. So this in Ramana talks about the mantra, right? And I imagine almost all of us know the mantra that was given, which is I am that I am. I am that I am. So when I practice and I say that mantra from the place of knowing, not from mind that thinks about that, from that other place, say from heart, is it apparent that I am that I am is directing attention, not up to the head, the one place of knowing, but down to the heart, place of capital N knowing just the same as is awareness here now. Just different combination of words that point to the same place of no place, which is A, away from the thinking mind, which is important, but B, the truth, to knowing, to reality, 
and in a very specific, empirically verifiable sense to a reality that can be discerned, known within our consciousness, within our awareness, within our experience here and now, not in someday when whatever happens, but also the here and the now confirmation has within it the intuitive confirmation it's always been. This light of pure knowing, this I am presence, this self-aware awareness is in the same condition or state that it was in when we were five and 15 and 25 and 35 and 55, I mean, and intuitively that can be confirmed and direct checking with nothing more than the simple intention to put attention on it and know. Ask, do I know that? This awareness, this I am, this self-aware knowingness is what is afforded this entire experience of life. It's where we're looking from.
So we were saying in the beginning of this hour, um, there's at least two kind of fundamental aspects, two, 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 two ways of accessing, of confirming our true nature, experientially, empirically, directly. And, and the one is through awareness. This is you know, how awareness, you know, what's aware of the, the sights and the sounds, what knows that. We come back in and we confirm that there's this inner knowing that is, that is basically the screen on which all of this is projected and that the screen is never affected. The screen is not just a flat uh, projection surface. It's, it's actually, a, it's like a, a knowing sentient screen, but, but one that is never dented or affected or scratched or there's no residue left behind by what is projected on the screen. So through, through this capacity for awareness that can be confirmed and then traced back. The second way we can access it directly is this knowing of our own existence. This knowing, again, check for yourselves. Do you know you exist? You notice you don't go to mind and start thinking, what does existence mean? What is me? What, when, when did I learn? There's, there's no mind about it, right? We, 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 we don't go up to that faculty. Do you know you exist? You get an instant yes. And it's from the same place of no place that it is known that awareness is aware. So just a, a different avenue, a different aspect of our experience that we can bring attention to with the intention of knowing and confirm. And, and we're not like 80% sure we exist. Again, the certainty is an absolute certainty. If I said, you know, I know you think that, but you don't exist. You would just, you wouldn't care to argue with me because you know it. Is there anything I could say that could talk you out of knowing that you exist? Just like, is there anything I could say that could make you doubt that you're aware that you're aware you're like nah it's pretty much right here <laughs> like you can't know and it's, it's this certainty that is the hallmark of reality because it's always the same in all conditions, all times, all places. 
and it's absolutely changeless. And these absolute presence and the absolute changelessness can be confirmed by us in our direct experience. Using nothing, through nothing, by nothing, no teacher, no pointing, no quote, just direct experience. So when inner Amana says the power that makes the universe turn is you, that's the power it's talking about. this light of pure knowing, this divine expression that can be confirmed by either checking if awareness is present or checking on whether you know you exist. And you can always check back. And anything that is not known with the same certainty is illusion, is a concept is something that's gonna expand and contract, come and go. It's the temporary. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it or deficient about it or suspect. But the clarity to know what is real and what is unreal is the clarity to live from the real, to recognize the real, embrace that and to recognize the temporary, recognize the unreal and release our attachment to that because it's simply not what we want to live from. And it's certainly not what we want to amplify out and create more of. So we've always got these two fundamental thrusts of the spiritual path recognizing truth and embracing it, recognizing untruth or unreal, the temporary, and releasing. Not because it's bad or that we're doing something wrong and we get caught. It's simply the recognition we don't want more of it. <laughs> it doesn't feel good. And the temporary is always a product of the thinking mind, which conjures up all kinds of concepts based on fear and lack and of the past, because it's a mechanism that is designed to keep us safe. It's evolutionarily adaptive, but it's antithetical to truth because it is literally the changeful. There's nothing more temporary than a thought. So when Inner Ramana says, this is why in brief, why the world fades from sight is you practice the mantra and surrender. But when we practice the mantra, 
we're coming back and confirming what's true, attuning ourselves to that vibration, right? We're embracing the truth, coming back to it, confirming it for ourselves, recognizing it, and then resting in its embrace. Whereas surrender is recognizing the temporary, the false, the unreal, and asking to be shown another way. How can I see this differently? What would you have me see now that I'm not seeing? So mantra is the remembering and the embracing of truth and surrender is the recognizing and letting go of the false. The two basic thrusts of the spiritual path, of the, of the coming home, of the remembering. And Ramana continues, the, the world comes from your attachment to your thoughts. As you detach from these thoughts, there is no more power to make a world. Jesus told you that you would begin to see light around objects. And this is the beginning of true vision. I tell you that the truth is one. And the appearance of objects occurs only because you believe the mind. By listening to me through surrender, you detach from your belief in objects and a world and you allow them to fade. By practicing the mantra, you still the mind. And you are no longer adding to the power that creates the world of objects seen and experienced. Thank <laughs> you. 
And that concludes our hour.